Hey, I'm Sarah Shepard. And I'm Keith Hazen-Dean. And this is is Dungeons and Documentation. Documentation. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Keith about the tarot deck. What is it? Is tarot information architecture? Is information architecture a form of divination? And can tarot help you to understand and play Dungeons and Dragons more effectively? We're also going to be giving our review of the first edition of the official Dungeons and Dragons tarot deck, which was just released last month. It's a beaut, so stick around. Brew a couple t- cup of tea and uh, come tarot with me. What comes to mind when I say divination? I think of the Romans. What did they do? They like threw a chicken on the deck of their ship to see if they would win a battle or not. Or maybe they cut the head off. That's what I think of. So sort of weird rituals. Yeah, yeah. Do you think about the school of divination spells? Uh, You know, that's not the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) Interestingly enough. What does this mean to you? That means that that guy is kicking ass because he's got a lot of swords. He's got three of them, and those two dudes drop their swords. Yeah, this is the five of swords. So either he's stealing his enemy's swords and they're going to get fucked tomorrow, or he's just gathering, you know, he's he looks sneaky to me. He, I mean, they look like they're walking away in oh, shame. Oh, they gave up. Yeah, yeah. That is us when we recorded this episode the first time and the audio <laughs> didn't work. And this is us now. We're prepared. We're preparing for the battle. Uh, this is the Five of Swords. We're talking today about tarot. Tarot. And mysticism as a form of information architecture. And the new Dungeons & Dragons licensed tarot deck product. My review. All right, well, let's start off at the beginning. Um, let's talk about what tarot is. What is a tarot deck? How do you use it? What do you think about it? Um, tarot is a form of divination done with cards. Probably everybody has seen the most popular tarot deck, which is the Rider Waite deck, um, depicted in films and TV across many decades. Or Waite Smith deck, if you want to give credit to the person that actually drew all the cards. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah Waite Smith. Um, and it is a tool of divination. So each card has a meaning that you read, whether it's an upright card or upside down, which is the reversed meaning. And then when you do a tarot reading, you choose what's called the spread, which is the orientation of your cards on the table. So there's a seven card spread, three card spread, so many kinds of spreads. And each position on that spread corresponds to another meaning. So we've got three layers of meanings. Initially, you draw a card. Is it upright or reversed? Mm-hmm. And what position in the reading is it? So with those three things in mind, you then intuit the meaning of the card for that reading, which is often the question. Got it. So card orientation position. And let's talk about the cards themselves. So a tarot deck has four suits, right? Yes. They've got four suits, which are the minor arcana. Much like a modern playing card. Yeah, like deck. poker different suits Mm -hmm. so there's swords we saw swords yes swords pentacles wands and cups are the most common if you get other decks like they've got cat tarot maybe you'll have mice yarn 
Yeah. <laughs> but the idea is you've got 56 cards that make up these four suites of the lesser arcana. And these are sort of mini lessons each contained within a, a larger idea. So cups is generally thought of as the emotional life. Pentacles is sort of the intellectual money-driven life. Uh-huh. Swords is analytical and wands is something else. Got it. So you said 56. A normal playing card deck has 52 cards, ace through king of four different suits. What does a tarot deck have? Well, it's got 56 lesser arcana cards. Is it not ace through king of uh, each suit? Is there another one in there? There is an ace, and then it goes to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then the page, knight, queen, and king. Ah, so page, knight, queen, and king, as opposed to jack, queen, king. So there's extra face cards you might say Mm -hmm. okay so that's the lesser arcana and then and then there are greater arcana cards as well right what are are those all about major arcana excuse me so there's 22 major arcana cards in the Ryder smith deck and most other decks as well and these represent sort of like the big lessons the universal lessons that we may or may not all experience but most of us will in the course of life Mm -hmm. love and loss hope and fear and shame and all of those good things. Yeah, like, great. Th- whereas like the, the minor arcana might represent a very small idea, like, oh, losing a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like a major arcana uh, would be death, whether that's an actual death or death of letting go of something Got it. in your life. In fact, death itself is an act, one of the major arcana cards. It is, right? yeah. yeah. It's one of the most feared cards, but it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Is there a birth card or is it just like death upside down would be birth? You could interpret that. Other people might interpret the sun as the birth. It has this baby uh, that's coming out on a horse. And yeah. it's like the greatest time of your life. This is yeah. the summer of new beginnings and Got happiness. It. Or the empress, actually. The empress is very explicit about if you're a woman, having children. Oh, so. okay. Got it. And then each of the major arcana cards in some circles or in some interpretations are also associated with astrological signs. Is that right? So are the minor arcana. Certain cards correspond to astrological people the only one i can remember off the top of my head is that strength which is a major arcana corresponds to a leo person so yeah there's actually another layer of interpretation if you want to go that route and some people do which is the astrological significance either determined by the number of card or the symbolism of the card Mm -hmm. and that was a later edit so when the writer smith deck was made later on mr writer kind of made a few adjustments in the order to make sure that it also nicely corresponded to astrology which his secret society was really into yeah so they sort of shifted it towards that the astrological interpretation and that was around the turn of the 20th century right 1909 or something like that i don't know Smith that came out i think i saw you reading that wikipedia article. i did yeah (laughs) i did read a whole wikipedia article about it (laughs) Um, but tarot has been around for long before that, right? Um, into the like 15th century. Yeah. So the, the idea of actual playing cards as divination in the form of tarot was 15th century. But before then we had people using cards and symbols and pieces of paper Mm -hmm. to do divination work or statues, or like you say, cut the head off of a chicken and see which way the blood scatters. And, you know, we've got dice and bones and Mm -hmm. various ways of using a random collection of objects that are given a meaning, like palm reading, for example. And then through the system, random information seems to become more meaningful. Yeah, you're using it as sort of a vessel to imbue with meaning. 
And the what's interesting about the tarot deck is that you, you sort of use the pictures on the cards, just as we did at the top of the episode, right? Yeah. So you could, if you got a tarot deck or you have a reader, they might tell you the interpretation interpretation of the card. Mm-hmm. But a big part of tarot is supposed to be intuitive. So when you look at a card, you might notice something different. Like mm-hmm. when I show you the King of Wands. He looks uncomfortable. And I just noticed right away that there's a lizard at the bottom. Oh, there is a lizard. Look at that. So the reader... Maybe he's uncomfortable because of the lizard. <laughs> Although my interpretation is that he's uncomfortable because he's got like a hemorrhoid or something. Like he's not. <laughs> that's your medical... <laughs> medical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but th- so your reader might be like, that's interesting that you noticed that. Can you tell me more? And it almost becomes like a psychoanalytical experience. Yeah. Like, well, I noticed this and this is what's important to me. And this is kind of leads you through an exploration of what is on your mind. Sure. Um, which is what makes tarot and other divination tools so great. Not that they're necessarily connecting you with some spirit world, mm-hmm. but that they're providing a framework through which you can kind of sift your own mental chatter and experiences into a way, a new way of thinking. Right. Or even surprise yourself by realizing, wow, I really have been thinking about that. I'm fixating on it. Every, every car, you know, it's like when you go and look at clouds in the sky and every cloud looks like a butt. Yeah. That's just my experience. Yeah. <laughs> or food if you're hungry. Right. I mean, so you already, I mean, you, you kind of already said it. We're talking about it as a structure of information architecture for like understanding your subconscious almost. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's my way that I approach tarot. Yeah. Is that it's not telling me the future. Mm-hmm. It's just asking me to think about my patterns of behavior and examine that or think about my own past in a way, you know, like it can help you work through trauma, you know, if you really are open to it and do that. Right. I mean, you could also go so far as to say that it could tell you your future. I mean, there's, there's the schools of thought out there that, you know, believe in sort of determinism based on like the structure of events and neurons firing in your brain. And like that, if you understand the sort of physical world on a minute enough level that there is like a fixed path that things are going towards. Yeah. And you know, most spreads do include a card that shows the outcome. Sure. I always read that as the outcome if you don't do anything to avoid it. Like Uh when Scrooge was shown his future, but he could change it. Sure. I'm not a deterministic person. Yeah. But all that being said, although I am a skeptic and I think that this system is just useful for intuitive understanding Mm -hmm. i have had experiences with the tarot that are spooky Mm -hmm. and weird even beyond like hindsight is 2020 and of course now i can look and see that that card meant x so yeah i think there is an element of it that's out there do you want to give an example of that well, I was giving a reading to a friend who had, mm-hmm. I'd, I've read for her many times. It's like a thing we do, you know, just to light a candle, have some wine and do a reading. We have a really good relationship. Um, but this time it seemed like it just wasn't the right to, night to read. Like the cards weren't making any sense. The cards were showing me she was in danger. There was a man pursuing her, kind of a stalker situation. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped the reading and I was like, I'm sorry. I think that we should restart. Uh, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then she was like, well... I didn't want to tell you, but I I do have a stalker. I was in a, you know an online dating app, and the guy got super aggressive, and he's been calling me. And then he called right there during the reading, which is freaky. Yeah, totally. So that was interesting, right? It's like, does it mean anything? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I yeah. So in that example, you were doing the reading, and that was your interpretation of the cards. As yeah, the reader. and like 
pretty explicit. Yeah. Like it, when I read, I, I like verbatim will read the interpretation from my tarot book because uh-huh. I haven't memorized all the cards. Sure. So it's not like I'm doing anything beyond flipping cards for somebody. So I don't know. You know, I don't want to speak too much because then people will think that I'm not analytical. I'm an information architect. But I think information architects are also like mysticism people because information is nothing. Yeah. There's no thing I can hold and say this is information. Sure. I can yeah. gather facts and present them through information architecture to tell a story. Mm-hmm. But that's just an interpretation of reality. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's room in a person's life to be analytical and still sort of have room for the unknown or understanding that there are things that you do not understand. Yeah. And to that end, if we think of tarot strictly as an interpretive tool for our intuition, Mm -hmm. maybe I intuited through my friend's micro expressions and weird behavior that I hadn't really noticed. I sort of did notice, right? It was under the surface. Sure. So either way, the tarot revealed the truth. Yeah, yeah. I also don't like that when I read the tarot, I almost always pull the same card, which is crazy because there's so many cards. Yeah. What's the card? The five of wands, which is this dude who's got all these wands. He's like, oh, I'm carrying them. And it means you, it's like you're not with wands. You're taking on too much and not doing your work. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that formation. You talked about positioning. You can have, what, three cards or five cards or I any mean, number. Seen, there's Yeah, I've seen any number. of Yeah, lots spreads. of spreads and layouts you can choose from. So do you want to give us like a basic example or two of what those? Yeah, like the seven card layout, as the name implies, you're going to draw seven cards and they make up a V. So you've got three cards on one side going down, three cards on another, and then at the bottom of your V is your answer card. So the first position represents your past. You draw a card and put it there. And then the second represents your present. And as you're doing this, is the card ups, upright or reversed? Mm-hmm. That's going to interpret your meaning there. Mm-hmm. Card three is a very popular position for almost every layout, which is called the hidden influences. Sort of like what is affecting your thinking. It can actually be something from your past, something that's blocking you mentally, or a person. Like, oh, the mother, your mother's blocking you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, card four, in my spread represents your answer so it can represent you right now if you don't if you don't ask a question it could just represent where you are currently okay so that's Um, the peak of the v then mm -hmm. yeah and then card five represents your house so it's another influence card but it's directly to related to the people in your life that are influencing the matter at hand your question at hand card six what should you do about all of this and card seven is sort of confusing because we have our answer card, but the seven is sort of the final outcome. So in anywhere from like six to 18 months, what will be the outcome? And I oh, always okay. read that as like, here, I'm guiding you. And if you choose to not take any of this wisdom, what's going to happen is this. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the, it's like the future card. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like okay. my husband asked me, should I take this job? Uh-huh. Which was a couple jobs ago. And uh, the answer was very clearly no. Yeah. It was the tower. Yeah. Uh, specifically, we, ad- we added another card to it. You know, what is what you can do with the tower. Uh, and it indicated like health, health problems. And then uh, what, what will be the outcome was like, you're going to do the same thing all over again. Like huh. you're going to. So then he ended up quitting his job because the insurance was terrible and he had health problems. <laughs> he took another job. And uh, he did not ask me to do a tarot reading that time. Huh. How about that? Because, I mean, that seems pretty on the nose. So like Yeah, in hindsight it does. Right. But that's also, as we know from all time travel movies, it's like what good is knowing your future if you refuse to change your present? 
Yeah. So even though I read that layout, and I've done that myself, right? Like I draw the freaking wands card again, and I continue to take on more work mm-hmm. and not finish my mm-hmm. shit. Um, as to whether that's some sort of weird divination or chance, I can't speak to the matter. Sure. Yeah. All I know is that regardless of learning that information, my husband proceeded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've done too. Like when I asked, should we move into a van? The answer was the tower card. The tower card generally represents massive upheaval. Uh-huh. Which I don't think it's a bad thing. That was that the could point. Be an indication that was the whole that point. You, yeah, yeah, that you need to And lean I proceeded into it. even though it was like the outcome is you're going to be super depressed and have marital problems and we worked through all of that tarot deck. So <laughs> Yeah. It was a lesson that I needed on the journey of life. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what the deconstructionists would say for sure. Yeah, and it's sort of like I used to be a scrapbooker. Do you remember when scrapbooking was really, it was I mean, really I'm, popular? I'm familiar. <laughs> scrapbooking had a huge surge in popularity when I was in like middle school, which is the perfect time to be a scrapbooker. And you make a scrapbook of your life. And of course, what are you doing? You're not choosing the worst pictures. You're always choosing the best pictures and you're organizing them to tell a story that may or may not actually exist. Sure. I have scrapbook pages that claim that I was a track person. I was in track for like a week. I just yeah, took a lot right. of pictures. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of like... I don't know. The tarot deck is a similar idea of looking at your life and making a story, but less flexible. So it kind of holds a mirror up to you. Yeah. And, you know, can cause some discomfort if you're willing to engage in such a way. Maybe less flexible and less prone to like a positive filter or whatever. And less expensive. Scrapbooking really adds up. (laughs) Any Jolie's Boutique sticker fans out there? You know what I'm talking about. I want to ask a little bit about uh, Oracle decks. So what is an Oracle deck and how is it similar and how is it different from tar- a tarot deck? Yeah, my understanding is that an Oracle deck is not necessarily meant to be used in a spread. Okay. It's more like a single card draw meditative idea. Mm-hmm. I think Eckhart Tolle has a t- an Oracle deck that mm-hmm. just contains some of his teachings. And I have an Oracle deck that's like famous women in history. So you draw one of the cards and then you're supposed to either like journal or meditate or use it throughout the day or put it up on your mirror. Right. It's like, what does Susan B. Anthony mean to you today? Yeah. And you can do a single card draw with the tarot. I don't like to do it. Some of my favorite psychics say don't do it because it disrespects your deck. Mm -hmm. You'll like, you know, you're being too impatient. Um, But I will take my favorite cards from a reading and put them on my mirror for the week. Mm -hmm. Like the big takeaways is sort of an oracle idea. But it's less standardized. It's not like, you know, because with the tarot deck, you could actually play a game of cards with it. It's got a full deck. Not so with the oracle. Right. So it doesn't have the suits. It's basically like if you took the major arcana figures and maybe expanded it to however many cards you wanted to. Have we spoken enough about this concept that all information architecture is mysticism and divination because there's no such thing as exact truth and you're just picking and choosing and creating a story that's presented as truth through the system you choose to present it through. Sure. Whether that is a tarot deck reading or a book or a newspaper article or a website or your resume. A resume is a great form of truth making in information architecture. What do Uh we highlight? What do we exclude? Tell a story. Play the game. It's not true. So, I mean, I, I, I buy that that mysticism is information architecture, but that all information architecture is mysticism is maybe a different idea. Maybe. I mean, do you believe in objective truth? Yeah. I mean, I believe that there is objective truth. I don't believe that we have uh, access to it necessarily. Okay, that's fine. I'll accept that answer. 
<laughs> because I think that mysticism is a, an effort to get at that objective truth. Uh -huh. And information architecture is an effort to present an objective truth. I see. But yeah. both ultimately fail through our own limitations and our own biases and the fact that we just can't include all information when we present something to the world. Sure. Like when I work, it's always, are we going to include this or not? And that's through my own lens and my sort of limited understanding of the audience. Right. And when you do a tarot reading, am I going to include this reading or not? Right. I yeah. will present what I understand to be most beneficial to the person receiving the reading. Yeah. Or my own biases if I'm doing my own reading, depending on how open I am as a person. I think they are exactly the same. Keith, look what I have. What do you have, Sarah? Look at that. That's a Dungeons and Dragons tarot deck. I have a black box with gold letter lettering. It opens up to reveal a booklet. Shiny this booklet. is the official first edition recently released Dungeons and Dragons tarot deck, including 48 cards and a guidebook. So my husband gave this to me because it does combine two of my loves. Uh, but I think it combines them poorly. Uh-oh. So wait a minute, right off the bat there, 48 cards. 78. Oh, I'm just like six. Sometimes seven <laughs> looks like a four. Okay. First of all, I hope that no one would ever get this deck as their first tarot deck, which I'm sure probably no. This is a novelty item, but it does a very poor job of explaining how to use a tarot deck. It uh, even sure. says that halfway through the reading, you can switch so that the person asking the question becomes the reader. And I think that's terrible. Why? Because like a reading is specifically about one person. Yeah, reading's about, about a question. Like I, I guess I could understand like a joint interpretation, uh -huh, but sure. I don't know. It's just or poorly if you're like written. a couple or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh. very clear that they did not set out to explain tarot, which I guess is fine. Sure. They're putting the work on other tarot decks to do so. Yeah. Um, but the biggest issue with this deck, and I think it's a printing error, is that they don't differentiate anywhere on the actual card what suit the minor arcana are for. So they've renamed them instead of wands, swords, cups, and pentacles. We have strength, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at the cards, and I'll post a picture of this on our blog episode page, uh, they don't tell you. Like, what is this? Yeah, Page sure. of something. Like, if you see a sword in the picture, it's easy to figure out that, that it's that's a, sword, a sword but yeah what's but, intelligence like yeah. i have no idea i'm looking at a picture of an angel maybe yeah king of something there's no guide there's no numbers there's so nothing. for comparison's sake the D, D deck there it says the number but it doesn't say what it is is that right that's right and on the, the Wait smith deck there mm -hmm. it says does it say the number it says the number and then it has the picture and then as clearly the picture, indicates very, what very it is. clearly shows there's no confusion. This is the Ten of Cups. Yeah. And also there are Ten Cups. So there's multiple ways of knowing. Right. Not only does is. it have a Ten, but it clearly shows yeah. Ten Cups Whereas in this the one is a Nine is of a something. Nine. nine of a guy eating a turkey leg and drinking beer. Yeah. So I have a feeling they'll correct that. I hope they'll correct it if this gets a second run because it's very frustrating. Because then you've got to take this booklet and leaf through four different you gotta you know. yeah you gotta look at each of the nines and figure yeah. out which one that is yeah i see that's frustrating but the sure. cool thing is that each of the cards uh well the cards are beautiful yeah i will say that man sitting drinking beer and, and i would eating say that's a, a woman leg, okay look at that okay maybe not. You're a, right. i mean <laughs> it's 
not safe for work if it's a woman because there is no top on there. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a really awesome artwork, and I find the aesthetic of this deck to be very pleasing. The sort of tone and art style of it. Yeah, it's super relaxing. Really cool. Every card tells a story. Very detailed. Love it. But to use it as a tarot deck, I would not do. But every card, in addition to having a sort of tarot-y uh, meaning in this booklet, they give mm-hmm. you an adventure hook. So, for example, the Hermit, which is a major arcana card, okay. they interpret it as being a light unto yourself and finding your own way through the darkness. That's an interpretation beyond what normally we'd see. But okay. then the adventure hook underneath. You meet a monk who is looking for a worthy adventurer to defeat a magical monster. And then at the front, they have a way of doing a spread, which they call an adventure spread. So you draw three cards, and then you look at the meaning, which can include the adventure hook, and create an adventure out of that, out of three things that are happening. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. I like that idea. I like the the idea that you can divine yourself an adventure. Or even I was thinking like, oh, I threw out some random NPC and the party ended up really liking them. Now I've got to come up with a backstory. Mm-hmm. You can just like draw a couple cards and be inspired by what you see or oh, look sure. at the reading. Okay, he yeah. ran from a red dragon and then he lost at gambling and ended up <laughs> with some evil druids growing I, fruit. That's, that sounds good. <laughs> that all sounds good. Or he will soon be with some evil yeah, druids growing uh-huh. fruit. That's yeah. his adventure hook. Is that like, can you help me with the harvest? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, this is really fun. Yeah, no, I, I like that idea a lot. I like this, uh, the idea that tarot helps you cut through the noise to arrive at a meaning. I think mm-hmm. that this could help because when I go to plan a session, the number one feeling I feel initially is overwhelmed. Actually, I feel that the entire time because I've got so much in my head. I don't really know what to focus on and ultimately ends up being sort of futile because the party does what it wants. Uh-huh. But I think if I were to use this as a tool, it would help me focus what to you know put my energies towards. Or you could even use it in the game, like with Strahd. Yeah, so in Strahd, there's the Arakoa deck. Mm-hmm, which, which is like an oracle deck. In the adventure, each character draws a card. Mm-hmm. And then that drawing of that card makes that thing exist in the world of the game. Yeah, it's right? either an adventure hook, which can be super specific, like you got the sun sword. Sun sword, sun sword yeah. Card. Well, actually, I think it's called something else, but it's exactly the same as yeah. the sun sword. Yeah. Um, or it can give you background information about Strahd and how to defeat him. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because every time you play it, you'll, of course, draw a different card. The number of players you have running Ravenloft will determine it. Right. Um, I think you ha- you can go back to the gypsy camp and ask to draw again. So, oh, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and they're all they're all like tools. It's either a tool or a piece of information mm-hmm. to help defeat yeah. fraud. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool in-game experience as a player especially now they have the printed deck you can go and buy it and hand it out to your players right um so i was wondering can i do the same thing with this deck Mm -hmm. you know like oh you meet an npc and they hand you this card yeah and then you're like oh now i have to find the gnome and his wife who reside in an apple orchard that is being haunted by a bear and a elk spirit (laughs) that gnome's dope yeah, and then as a DM, I could use my player's interpretation of this random card to generate an adventure and be like, oh, you were right all along, yeah. even though I And then you're like, all right, let's yeah. go to the Grove. Yeah, totally. So I would say that as a D&D fan, this deck is fun. Yeah. If I was just a tarot person or a tarot elitist, I would not be happy with this mm-hmm. deck. 
Yeah, sure. I, I hear you. Yeah, the other thing, going back to the like adventure hooks, that one that you read actually made pretty decent sense, The Hermit. And mm-hmm. then the adventure hook is, is about a monk or whatever. But some of them are a little incongruous. Yeah, like they I got a little through. lazy. I feel like they probably had one person writing the interpretation of the card and another person writing the adventure hooks and then uh-huh. just sort of randomly put them together. Yeah, um, It's just not quite specific enough to the interpretation of the cards, I think. And then how does the interpretation of the card line up with other tarot deck interpretations? Yeah, they're pretty short. Like uh-huh. some of them are one sentence and they, they don't quite align with, you know, the interpretations that I've seen, but maybe that they are interpreting them through the lens of a dungeon master. Sure, like they have a yeah. particular thing. Well, I guess I, I guess that in, that comparison is pretty limited because the only ones that are really the same as traditional tarot deck would be the major arcana. All the minor arcana are different suits. Yeah, so like they don't even really tell you what... Like, is strength supposed to be pentacles? I assume it's swords, but they don't ever get into that. Sure. Okay, so their interpretation of the devil card, how we deal with our shadow self, the card calls calls us to cut through lies and see how honest we can be with ourselves, whereas in the Ryder Smith deck, the devil is interpreted as a reliance on the material world. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, the picture is the people with the chains around their neck. Mm-hmm. So yeah. chaining yourself to materialism whether that's in body or actual stuff. So that's Mm -hmm. a very different reading. It feels lazy. It feels like they saw that everybody has a tarot deck and they can make some money, so let's jump on that. But am I unhappy to now own it? No, because Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, it's fun, I can put it on my shelf and show everybody like how woke I am. Or be a super lazy dungeon master and just use these cards to plan my next adventure. You're having a dinner party. You want there? Someone's like, "Hey, let's play some D and D," and you're like, "Bam! I can roll out an adventure in yeah. no time." You meet a beholder who designs custom armor. Yeah, he needs you to help him with his evil orc boss who ripped out someone's heart today. And there's some children. Oh, look! There's a beholder in that card too. I'm seeing a pattern here. Yes. <laughs> well, that is what I wanted to talk about today. Twofold, a twofer. I wanted to review this tarot deck, and I wanted to talk about tarot. I think that tarot is information architecture and vice versa. Well, I got to say, it's a it's a very handsome deck. Um, I would encourage folks to check it out. Maybe wait for the second edition. Yeah, maybe wait for the second edition. Get yourself a standard tarot deck first if you really want to dive into tarot itself, maybe. But I, I do think it's very, very attractive, very pretty. That's it. Now, when am I going to do your tarot reading? I don't know. That's a good question. I need to get myself in a place where I can feel vulnerable. And, Give you some you know. drugs. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, if anyone out there is listening and wants to share how their tarot experiences have affected them as a DM, yeah. or how their information architecture experiences have affected them as a tarot reader, mm-hmm. please drop your comments in this episode's page. There you go. Or if you uh, have a D&D tarot deck and you want to turn a three-card formation and have Sarah interpret it, Go ahead and post it. Oh, yeah. I'll interpret it as an adventure. Yeah, there you go. Dungeons and Documentation is a production of Keith and Sarah's Free Time. Our introduction song is written by Ian Post. Our executive producer is Oslo Cobblepot. This episode of Dungeons and Documentation was recorded and produced in the Tomb of the Smiling Lich. Underwriting is provided by Shepherd Creative Enterprises, LLC. This episode of Dungeons & Documentation is brought to you by Lower Back Pain. Are you over 35? Have you done some sort of activity today? Get ready for it. Lower Back Pain.
This episode of Dungeons & Documentation is brought to you by DM Tools. DM Tools. Need a tavern in which to do a tarot reading? You can find it at dm-tools.fission.app. DM Tools. It's super cool. Just like the guy who made it. <laughs> do you have questions about your upcoming D&D session? Do you want to know if you're going to get with the NPC you love and adore? Send an email to info at dungeondocs.com and all of your questions will be answered for a limited fee. Do you need some card ASMR? That's cards. That's not someone. What if you flip it at the... Really makes you respect those sound effect artists. Oh yeah. Pick a card, any card.